to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Hi, and welcome to Natural MD Radio. This is Aviva Ram, and I've got a less than glamorous but nonetheless, incredibly important topic to talk about with you this week, and that is urinary tract infections, especially bladder infections. Now, in full personal disclosure, I had never had a urinary tract infection until I was in my late 30s, and I was in my medical residency and wasn't really drinking much fluids, wasn't peeing when I needed to pee. And then one night in the middle of the night, went to the bathroom and thought, oh my goodness, it feels like, well, actually, that's not what I said. I'm sure I used some four-letter explicatives that I won't use here because I know a lot of you listen with your kiddos in the car seat and in the car. But I felt like I was urinating steak knives and I thought, ah, this is what my patients are going through, and this is why they're so happy to have fast treatment with an antibiotic. In fact, urinary tract infections are so common that about half of us will have at least one at some point in our lives. I am so grateful that that was my only one, and I certainly learned to nip that in the bud and prevent it by drinking water and peeing when I first needed to go pee. Those two simple things changed my life when I was in residency. But at least half of us are going to have one at some point in our lives. And one in five of us are going to have some urinary discomfort or bladder infection every year. And about one in five of us is going to have a recurrence at least six months later. That's a lot of bladder infections. Now, Bladder and kidney infections are both types of urinary tract infections because your urinary tract includes your kidneys, your ureters, which are the tubes that connect your kidneys and your bladder, your bladder itself, and your urethra, which is where your urine goes from your bladder to the outside world. And you can actually get an infection in any of those parts of your urinary tract. And we're, today we're going to focus on bladder infections, which also generally encompasses um, ureteral infections as well, or, or inflammation in the urethra. Kidney infections are a different creature. They can be much more serious, and they do typically require an antibiotic. And what I want to focus on today is when you need an antibiotic, but also when you can avoid it by treating common infections with natural therapies. Bladder infections can go either way, but they often do respond really well to natural therapy. So I want to talk with you today about a focus on bladder infections that's going to also help with urethral inflammation. What we're not going to focus on today are kidney infections, other than the fact that they do require antibiotic treatment most of the time. What we're not going to focus on today are kidney infections and interstitial cystitis. That'll be a separate, the interstitial cystitis will be a separate blog. So let's talk about what the symptoms are of urinary, of bladder infections. And, and what's really important here that I want to really emphasize is that by preventing bladder infections, you can prevent and break the urinary tract cycle infection, which can also help to prevent kidney infections because those often arise as a result 
of an untreated bladder infection. By treating them naturally, you can avoid the overuse of antibiotics. And that's huge. Antibiotic overprescription is considered the biggest global public health problem that we're facing. And on an individual level, it can wreak havoc on your gut and your microbiome. And as a result, over time, especially, and you have to take them regularly for recurrent bladder infections, they can have a huge impact on many aspects of your health, from your weight to your mood to even autoimmune disease. And I talk about that in my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, which also encompasses a multiply root cause approach to Hashimoto's, but also applies to other autoimmune conditions as well. Okay, so let's talk about what are the symptoms of a bladder infection and how can you differentiate that as well from a kidney infection. The most common symptoms of a bladder infection are frequent and often terribly painful urination, urgently needing to pee, aching, cramping, or pressure above the pubic bone, which is that bony ridge down low in, on the front of your belly, feeling tired, unwell, or just having low energy, kind of a sense of malaise, like you just don't have the get up and go to do anything. You might also notice blood in your urine or on your toilet tissue, which is something that happens for about 40% of women who have a bladder infection. Bladder infections can make you feel awful. You might have to miss work and untreated, they really can progress into more serious infections like kidney infections, which can make you really sick. Now, in a bladder infection, the symptoms usually come on quite suddenly. There is no fever with a bladder infection in contrast to kidney infections that generally come on gradually. There's usually fever, chills, nausea, and back pain. So if you're having those, it's important to get evaluated for a kidney infection, and that's when it's reasonable to do an antibiotic for kidney infection. I would say the exception to that is if you're working one-on-one -on -one with a naturopath, family or internal medicine doctor, or functional medicine physician who is very skilled in working with botanical therapies and natural supplements to maybe try a 24-hour course depending on the severity of your kidney infection. Sometimes you can try 24 hours of natural therapies as long as this sort of the antibiotic approach is waiting in the wings and you jump onto that when you need to, but that's not always the case. Also, bladder infections in healthy women who are not otherwise pregnant can be treated naturally, but in pregnant women, bladder infections often do need to be treated with an antibiotic. Now, conventional medicine always treats bladder infections in pregnant women with an antibiotic. It used to be that if you had more than two bladder infections, or two or more, I should say, bladder infections in pregnancy, you got put on prophylactic antibiotics. You got put on an antibiotic for the entire pregnancy. More modern wisdom is saying that that's probably not a good idea. So if your doctor suggests that, you might want to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk about whether that's really necessary because chronic antibiotic use in pregnancy can lead to disruptions in your microbiome that can lead to other pregnancy problems. So have a really, you know, heart to heart with your doctor about whether that's really necessary and focus on the things you can do to prevent urinary tract infections um, from recurring. And we'll talk about that. Now, in young sexually active women, or really in any sexually active women, whatever age you are, sudden onset of painful urination can be due to a chlamydia infection or gonorrhea, which is actually more common than we might be led to believe. And it's not 
a disease that only happens in certain demographics. It happens across the board. So getting a urine culture is can be a really important thing to do. If you're having all the other symptoms of a urinary tract infection, it's reasonable to just assume and treat for a urinary tract infection. But if it's just painful urination, you're not having the other typical symptoms, you have a new sexual partner, these would be reasons to think about getting tested. If you're getting a recurrent infection or if you're having an infection that's just not going away within a couple of, you know, 48 to 72 hours of appropriate treatment, then you definitely want to get a culture for chlamydia and gonorrhea. And that can be done with a urine test as well. Vaginal yeast infections can cause irritation of the urethra, which is the tube that goes from the bladder to the outside world. Again, if, if you forgot my definition of that earlier, what happens is when you get that yeast infection, the outside of the vaginal area gets irritated, and that can also lead to irritation and inflammation of the, of the urethra, the opening actually. And that leads to inflammation, irritation that causes bladder infection-like symptoms. It can cause you to feel like you have to pee more frequently. It can cause burning when you urinate. So if you're struggling with symptoms of a vaginal infection, itching, burning, any thick or odorous vaginal discharge, also consider getting a urine and vaginal culture just to make sure you know what's going on. Again, this is if, if you're having both the urinary and vaginal symptoms at the same time, instead of just automatically treating with an antibiotic for the urinary tract infection and thus being able to avoid yet another unnecessary antibiotic treatment, consider that it could be the vaginal infection that's causing it. Prevention and treatment of urinary tract infections are really important, again, to avoid this unnecessary antibiotic use. And the main goals when you're approaching treatment naturally, which we're going to jump into in a minute, are to support your body's natural defenses against infection. So we always want to think about, well, how can we boost your immune system? Now, sometimes women just get a one-off urinary tract infection. You know, it's holiday season, it's your birthday, it's your anniversary, it's Valentine's Day, whatever it is, and you've been increasing your sugar intake, you've been increasing your alcohol intake, and maybe you've been having sex more often. This is why urinary tract infections are really common on honeymoons. You're setting the stage for a urinary tract infection. And it happens one time. You kind of get the message like it happened to me. I wasn't drinking enough water. I wasn't peeing when I needed to. And I got, boom, a urinary tract infection. Um, so if it happens just one time, yes, you still want to boost your natural defenses, but mostly you just want to fight the infection, get rid of it, and not do the habits that led to it again. But if you're getting them recurrently, it's really important not just to keep treating the infection with antimicrobial herbs or antibiotics, but to actually think about what's going on in your body and how do you support your body's natural defenses against infection. One of the things that's super important to do is to restore the balance and health of your microbiome. Your gut microbiome has a huge impact on what's going on in your bladder and in your vagina. So you want to make sure that the microflora in the vaginal canal and in the gut are very healthy. You want to also promote a bladder pH that's inhospitable to harmful bacteria, eating lots of sugar, drinking lots of alcohol. And it might not be lots compared to what you think the average American is doing, but for you, it might be a lot. For some women, 
Half a glass of red wine is enough to set their system on fire, causing inflammation and setting up the stage for changes in pH and microflora changes. So you have to know your own body and what your triggers are and try to avoid those or figure out why they're such big triggers for you. And then finally, when you do have an active infection or when you have recurrent infection, one of the strategies that we use is preventing bacteria from adhering to the wall of the bladder. And one of the herbs that I'm going to talk about with you is particularly, actually two of them are particularly known for being helpful with that. So first, let's talk about how to prevent bladder infections naturally. And of course, if you're preventing bladder infections, for the most part, you're preventing kidney infections as well. But before we talk about this, I want to do, I do want to mention one thing that I didn't mention in terms of who should get antibiotics. Um, Any little girls or little boys, kids who are usually about four and under, um, if they're getting urinary tract infections, you definitely want to figure out why. Um, Even little girls should not get urinary tract infections, usually signals that something's going on in the urinary system that needs further evaluation. And and in children, usually all kids um, in my medical practice, even with my 35 years of experience with herbal medicine, pretty much all kids up to the age of um, like that tween years, if they do get um, urinary tract infection, I do actually treat it with an antibiotic. And the reason for that is in kids, it can progress to kidney infections quite quickly. And again, if you're having a child who has a urinary tract infection, a one-time deal might not require a big investigation, but if it's recurrent, you definitely want to see a pediatrician, a pediatric urologist, and get a, a, a proper workup. So not everything that I'm talking about for prevention in adults is necessarily always applicable to kids. It can be very helpful, but sometimes kids have changes in the structure of the urinary tract system that we need to understand and find out because that can be what's causing it. All right, so back to preventing bladder infections. So bladder infections arise from bacteria in the bladder. Usually it's E. coli. That There, there are some other bothersome varieties of, of organisms that can cause urinary tract in, infections as well. Kidney infections generally occur when that bacteria from the bladder travels up the ureters, the tubes that carry urine from the kidneys to the bladder, into the kidneys. Bacteria can take hold in the bladder when we've been eating excess sugar, drinking alcohol, which is high in sugar, and all of that dampens the immune system and feeds the unhealthy gut and vaginal flora and changes the vaginal and and urinary pH. It can happen when we're under a lot of stress. It can happen, as I mentioned, when we're having a lot of sex, particularly with a new partner. And that's why it's more usual on honeymoons and vacations. Or, as I mentioned, anything that leads to disruptions in the balance of the vaginal or gut flora. For example, taking antibiotics for another infection commonly leads to infections in the vaginal canal and the bladder. Also, other triggers, for example, dietary changes that temporarily disrupt your gut flora or your vaginal flora or your bladder flora or pH. And again, I can't overemphasize how much the gut flora and vaginal ecology play a role in preventing UTIs by keeping bacteria that can migrate from either place to the bladder and kidneys. And lactobacillus is the species that's naturally present in the vaginal and urinary system that help E. coli from proliferating. So it's the good guys 
that keep the bad guys in check. Some women may actually be genetically predisposed to getting more urinary tract infections. So if your mom has them chronically, your sister has them chronically, this may also explain partly why you're predisposed, but that doesn't make you doomed to having them. It just means you need to be extra thoughtful in preventing them. When bladder infections keep coming back, they can either be relapsing, meaning the same one isn't really ever clearing and it keeps creeping back up, or it can be a new infection each time. Either way, you want to make sure that there's nothing underlying going on like diabetes because high blood sugar can feed bacteria and reduce your immune response. And you want to consider other conditions that can contribute to or mimic urinary tract infections. So I've had a lot of women who have come to my practice, for example, with chronic pelvic pain and the frequent need to urinate. And what they actually had was interstitial cystitis or endometriitis or chronic vulvovaginitis, again, a vaginal infection that keeps creeping back that's causing that irritation in the urethra. So you want to make sure that if you have infections that keep coming back, You're not just treating them over and over and over. And unfortunately, a lot of doctors will do that. They'll just say, you know what? Here's your macrobid prescription and here's five refills. Or, all right, we've tried the macrobid. That didn't work. Let's try Cipro. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try another fluoroquinolone. Oh, that didn't work. You keep getting one antibiotic escalation after the other when you're not getting to the root of the problem. In my practice, I never escalate antibiotic prescriptions for urinary tract infections. When I see one that's coming back, it's like, all right, we got to figure out what's going on and get to the root of that. And once we do, they stop coming back. So really be thoughtful about not letting yourself get on a cycle of antibiotics and really talk with your doctor about that. And if that's all your doctor has to offer, think about finding another one and trying the things in this podcast because they can make a huge difference. And one of my goals with my work is to make as much information accessible that I would be doing in my practice. I mean, obviously I'm not a substitute for your local doctor and a proper evaluation and proper treatment, but so many doctors, I mean, most doctors are just not trained in this stuff. So even if you're not doing this on your own, you can always print out the blogs that relate to the podcast and take it with you to doctor and say, hey, you might not know about this and I'd really like to try this. Can you support me in this? And then be in the wings for me if I do need the antibiotic. So another reason that can cause bladder infections is that in perimenopause or anytime you have lower estrogen, declining estrogen leads to vaginal dryness and dryness down there in general that increases the risk of bladder infections. That vaginal dryness can actually change the structure of the whole bladder, urethral, and rectal configuration. It changes the shape because when things aren't plump as they used to be, they kind of collapse on themselves and that can cause more local irritation and inflammation and predisposition to infection. So you want to, if you're in perimenopause or for any reason you have uh, premature ovarian failure, as it's called, it's such an unfortunate name, but, but early decline of estrogen for any reason, in addition to working on improving your hormonal balance and improving the moisture and hydration and tissue um, uh, fullness down there, 
you want to also think about this being a cause of the infection. So rather, again, than just one antibiotic after another, um, you want to think about getting to the root cause and healing that. The probiotics that I talk about in this podcast can be very helpful for all of the different reasons that lead to increased frequency of urinary tract infections or recurrence. So whether that is dietary triggers, overuse of antibiotics, um, vaginal or gut flora changes for any reason, as well as the perimenopausal changes, that can be helpful across the board. The other thing you want to think about is particularly if you're having a lot of inflammation and certainly if you're perimenopausal is eating a high quality uh, high quality fats in your diet. So olive oil, avocado, and coconut oil, for example. And in some women with perimenopausal shifts, specific herbs for supporting estrogen like hops and Vitex or a product called Relora, which is philodendron and magnolia, can be helpful amongst other botanicals that I use for that. So there's a lot that we can do to reduce our risk of getting a UTI. What I recommend, particularly if you are having recurrences, is to follow all of the recommendations I'm about to share with you for about three to six months. And some women who have had a long-standing problem or this genetic predisposition or who are perimenopausal may want to remain on a probiotic and, and cranberry D-mannose, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, daily, indefinitely. You can do those things as an, on an as-needed basis. But if you're getting frequent recurrences, then think about just taking that as part of your daily dose of healthy supplements. Also, keep in mind that most of us forget to stay hydrated and we put off peeing until the last possible minute. And that does increase your chance of getting a UTI. So, you know, it's easy to get fancy with our herbs and supplements and forget to do the basics. Do the basics, listen to your body, drink a lot of water, and pee as soon as you have the urge. Also, get up and pee after sex. Avoid antibiotic use whenever you can. Wear underwear with a cotton crotch and avoid wearing thongs if you're prone to UTIs. I think of those as a circus high wire for bacteria to walk across from your bum to your vaginal area and to your bladder. So just no thongs if you get UTIs. I, I'm kind of, you know, I get it. They can be really convenient and they cut the panty lines, but so do boy shorts or so does going commando. I mean, I just see so many problems with thongs. So if you tend to have a lot of infections down there, just stop wearing them, get rid of them. Menstrual pads are more likely to increase UTIs over tampons. So I'm a glad rags girl. I also, when I'm traveling, you know, prefer organic cotton pads over tampons. I find them more comfortable. But if you are someone who gets UTIs, particularly around your moon time, around your period, switch to wearing tampons if you can. If you're using synthetic pads, go to organic cotton or natural cloth and change them more frequently than you think you might need to. So even if your pad isn't ready for a change in terms of the amount of fullness on it, change it anyway. Just change it every time you pee or change it every couple of hours just to keep down that risk. Now, here is something that may sound so common and so basic, but I've been shocked that not all women know this. So if you don't know this, 
every time you have a bowel movement, wipe from front to back, not the other way around, wiping from back to front or even reaching through and just wiping the back. If you're going in a front direction, increases UTIs because it's increasing the migration of the flora from your feces and your intestinal tract moving forward. So always wipe front to back. All right. Now, this might be a time to cover your kid's ears. I should have said that in the beginning. I apologize. But if you practice anal sex, avoid all contact near the bladder during and after because it's a huge risk factor. And avoid bubble baths and vaginal hygiene products like douches because they cause all kinds of problems. Douches change your vaginal pH, they increase irritation, and they damage healthy vaginal flora. And bubble baths, they're just a known risk factor for UTI because of irritation, inflammation, changes in pH, et cetera, et cetera, and chemical irritation. Some dietary suggestions for preventing UTIs include keeping your gut and vaginal flora healthy with a low sugar diet that's high in fiber, especially from leafy green vegetables every day. Eat lacto-fermented vegetables like sauerkraut and kimchi, other lacto-fermented pickled vegetables, at least three times a week. If you eat dairy products and you tolerate them well, eat fermented dairy products three times a week like yogurt. In fact, one study showed that yogurt several times a week dramatically reduced the likelihood of getting a urinary tract infection. If you're vegan or paleo, consider a non-dairy yogurt like a coconut yogurt with live active cultures. And of course, just be careful because yogurts can be very highly sweetened. Even the fruit yogurts can have many, many grams of sugar, you know, up to the amount of that, that equals teaspoons of sugar. So go for plain. If you don't like it plain, eating it by itself, put a few berries and a few nuts in it or eat it with a meal that isn't sweet, like use it in your salad dressing to make a creamy dressing or put it on top some grains, something like that. So instead of getting sweetened yogurt, you're finding other ways to use it. Now, for some women, avoiding or reducing bladder irritating foods can make a huge difference. And these include sugar, vinegar, tomatoes, citrus, black tea, coffee, and sorry to say so ladies, chocolate also. Don't worry about remembering every detail. I have the link to the related blog below the podcast. I will often do that for you for the technical podcast with herbal and nutritional information or technical information so you don't have to worry about remembering it. But I know many of you like hearing it, so that's why I do the podcast too. Now, specific nutritional and herbal support for prevention. What you want to do is take a probiotic one to two capsules every day that contain lactobacillus species. You just look on the bottle and make sure it's got at least 15 billion colony forming units. If you have recurrent vaginal infections or recurrent urinary tract infections as well, make sure that the product either contains lactobacillus ruteri and lactobacillus rhamnosus or get a separate product with those and add them in and take both probiotic products daily. In addition, you want to take cranberry D-mannose capsules. The way most capsules are made, you're taking the capsules, one to two capsules, twice daily. 
The studies on cranberry are very conflicting and it can be very confusing if you research cranberry on the internet because you'll have as many studies saying that it doesn't work as it does work. Look, I've been doing herbal medicine for 35 years now. In my practice, all my patients get cranberry D-mannose and the results are astonishing. The positive data on cranberry shows that it can dramatically reduce the colonization and growth of bacteria in the urine, prevent urinary tract infections, as well as being an important part of treatment. Cranberry extract and juice can work as well, but I find the cranberry D-mannose form far superior for prevention. Look, if you read the data and you say, you know what, I'm going to err on the side of the data that doesn't work you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. There's no value to not trying it when as much data also says that it does work. And the option or the alternative is chronic use of antibiotics. So in my opinion, if you have recurrent urinary tract infections, try it in between and see if it doesn't prevent them. Try the probiotic, try the cranberry demanos, and then I'm going to share adding in vitamin C as well. If it doesn't work for prevention, then no harm, no foul. You just do your regular treatment if you do have a urinary tract infection. But if it works for prevention, brilliant. Then I would also consider working with your primary care provider to also try it for treatment. If it doesn't work in the first 24 hours to 48 hours for treatment, you can always go the conventional route. So the probiotic, the cranberry demanos, and then finally vitamin C. Studies have shown that vitamin C enhances the release of nitric oxide in the urine, and that this has an antimicrobial activity against three of the most common bacteria that cause urinary tract infections. And a generally recommended daily dose is 500 milligrams twice a day. Okay, so we've talked about prevention. What can you do for natural treatment of bladder infections? You want to do the prevention things, and then there's some add-ons that you want to do. Herbal and nutritional remedies can be excellent alternatives to antibiotics for treating bladder infections and preventing them from recurring. They can help kill off the harmful bacteria, reduce irritation and inflammation in the urinary tract, which allows it to heal, and a healthy urinary tract is less likely to be plagued by harmful bacteria. They can boost your immunity in general and restore healthy flora in the vaginal canal and the gut. So here's the plan that I have my patients follow at the onset of bladder infection symptoms. Each part of the plan is important, so don't skip anything unless there's something you can't use because you're pregnant or that you can't tolerate. Everything I say um, here to four is appropriate for breastfeeding moms. Not all of it's appropriate for pregnant women if you are pregnant really important and you have a urinary tract infection, really important to work with your doctor or midwife as well as someone skilled in herbal plans and they may not be the same person. You can expect symptoms to start to improve after 12 to 24 hours. They might continue to progress in the first few hours while the treatment is kicking in, but they should start to improve in 12 to 24 hours. Symptoms should be significantly better in 24 to 72 hours with complete resolution in five to seven days. Because of the high recurrence rate of urinary tract infections, I recommend following the plan I'm about to share with you for at least a week, usually a week more after all symptoms are gone, 
to prevent complete recurrence. So symptoms improve in 12 to 24 hours, significantly better in 24 to 72 with complete resolution in five to seven days, but then you stay on the plan for a total of one week altogether and then for another week for prevention of recurrence. Again, this is not intended for pregnant women. I do have a section in my book, The Natural Pregnancy Book, which you can get through my website or on Amazon for your, a full discussion of urinary tract infection in pregnancy. And again, this plan is safe while you're breastfeeding. But if you have a urinary tract infection in the first few weeks after giving birth, it's really important to see your midwife or doctor for appropriate recommendations. Okay, so here goes. Here's what I use in my practice for treatment of a simple bladder infection, simple cystitis. First thing is cut out all sugar in your diet for at least five days, all sugar, including fruit sugar. Drink six to eight glasses of eight ounces of water every day. Urinate at absolutely the first urge that you need to pee. And that's going to be more frequent with a urinary tract infection. And then avoid sex during treatment and at least for a few days after. I usually recommend at least a week after for optimal prevention of recurrence. You want to take four probiotic capsules every day for two days, then two capsules a day for five days. And again, that should be the lactobacillus species, as well as the ruteri and rhamnosus. And instead of the 500 milligrams of vitamin C twice a day, I increase that to 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C every four hours for two days, then 500 milligrams every four hours for five more days. Again, don't freak out. I'm not expecting you to get all that. <laughs> and memorize it. There's a link to the blog that relates to this podcast. Then there are a number of herbal remedies I use in my practice for treatment. The way you can use cranberry is eight ounces of cranberry juice every four hours for three to five days, then 16 ounces a day for a week. I actually usually recommend about a quarter of a glass, about two ounces of cranberry juice concentrate, and then add water so that it's unsweetened. Or you can take two capsules of cranberry D-mannose twice a day, or if you get the powder, a teaspoon of the powder twice a day for a week, or cranberry extract capsules, 400 milligrams every two hours for 48 hours, and then every four hours for five days. So again, all of this is written out for you. The most effective herbal preparations for bladder infections are herbal infusions. So you actually have to boil water, pour them over the herbs and let them steep for a couple of hours because when you drink them, they are going to be more effective at calming down that inflammation in the urinary system as well. And I want to give you a simple preparation that I use in my practice. You can get these herbs online from a company called Mountain Rose Herbs. If you get urinary tract infections, our goal, of course, is to prevent them if they're recurrent, but go ahead and get the herbs so you have them on hand. Or if you currently have a urinary tract infection and you want to treat it, start with the cranberry and start with the probiotic and the vitamin C, and then call and order them overnight. I'm not going to go through the whole amounts and how to prepare it because that's all written for you in the blog linked below. But you're going to use a few herbs that are classic for urinary infections. One is called uva ursi. And when you drink uva ursi tea, a transformation happens chemically to the herbs when they pass through your kidney that make them antibiotic. 
in your bladder. So that's the antimicrobial portion. The marshmallow root that I use in this tea heals inflammation and is very soothing. And then yarrow blossoms are astringent toning and tightening to the tissue. They help heal the tissue. And at the same time, they also help to fight infection. The cranberry is helping those bacteria or it's preventing, it's helping your bladder, but it's preventing the bacteria from adhering to the bladder wall. And then the marshmallow root is also helping heal that inflammation so that a healthy bladder wall becomes less adherent to the bacteria. If you don't want to prepare your own tea overnight, I do mention some products that are available on the market from companies that I consider reliable and so that you can get capsules instead. There are also some things you can do for the cramping pain and that irritation that happens with urinary tract infections. And that includes using herbs like cramp bark, wild yam, and kava kava. And I give you some um, dosing instructions and also a caution with kava kava um, in the written form of the blog. So when should you see your doctor and when is an antibiotic recommended? Look, you know, as a physician, you know, my thing should be to tell you to go see your doctor for everything, right? That's legally what I'm obligated to do. So I'm telling you that. Go see your doctor for everything. At the same time, I know that medical doctors are not trained in natural approaches. I know that there is rampant antibiotic overuse. And I know from 35 years of experience with herbal medicines, you know, 30 years as a midwife now, and over a decade now of being a physician, that there are natural remedies that can be very helpful. Part of my job as a medical doctor is to be thinking about global public health and individual health. And antibiotic overuse is a global public health problem. It's also an individual medical problem. It causes medical issues down the road, not from one-time use usually, but down the road. I also know that one of the most common antibiotics used for treating urinary tract infections is ciprofloxacin, or Cipro as we commonly call it. And Cipro now has a black box warning because it can cause tendon rupture as well as long-term neurologic problems. And that can happen with just one round of treatment for one urinary tract infection. So I think it would be irresponsible of me not to provide information and education that allows you to make the most informed consent choice. You can only make informed medical consent truly if you have all the information and your conventional doctor will not have this information. So in the case of urinary tract infections, I do encourage you if it's a one-off bladder infection, simple bladder infection, and you want to treat that on your own or try treating that on your own, totally appropriate, but 12 to 24 hours, no improvement, get medical care. My main goal is to provide you with information that helps you avoid unnecessary antibiotic use, but I don't want you to avoid necessary antibiotic use. So if you have fever, chills, and lower back pain, again, this is more likely to be a kidney infection. And yes, please see your doctor right away. And yes, antibiotics are appropriate. Young children, urinary infections, yes, antibiotics are appropriate. If you are pregnant and have a kidney infection, antibiotics, and sometimes even hospitalization for IV antibiotic treatment may be appropriate. If you're pregnant and have a bladder infection, unless you're working with a medical doctor or midwife who is truly skilled in the use of herbal remedies and natural remedies, 
And sometimes even then so, a short course of antibiotics may be appropriate to avoid not only kidney infection development, but one of the risks of urinary tract infections in pregnancy is preterm labor. For girls under 10 years old with urinary tract infections or any woman with a kidney infection at any age, antibiotics are appropriate. If you do require an antibiotic, take it along with your daily probiotic, as I've discussed, for urinary tract treatment, and then continue the probiotic for three months after the antibiotic, and immediately when you're done with the antibiotic, start the protocol that I've talked about for urinary tract recurrence prevention. I hope that this information has been informative, enlightening, empowering. I don't want it to be overwhelming. I know listening to all these remedies out loud can be overwhelming, so it's all written for you. There's a blog over at my website with all the information and a link below this podcast. And if you found it helpful, please let iTunes know by leaving a comment and let me know with a like on the blog page or on the podcast page so I know you've been here and it's been helpful for you. And of course, as always, I look forward to your comments. You will either hear from me or my nurse practitioner in the comments section, and I look forward to talking with you next week. So until then, have a great week. I hope you're able to live a life that lets you live and be your best self, and I hope that this information helps you to be able to live your best self even better so that because you're not encumbered with infections and challenges and sorting out what to do. So thank you for joining me, and I'll talk to you again soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.